Welcome, folks, to episode 47 of Door Tunes. Um, so, obviously, we've been away for a while. We've had a few um, bits and pieces. Um, I've started a new job, um, and then I've had some technical issues, which I'll be going to very shortly. Um, obviously, this is our interview episode, and this week, I'd like to introduce you to um, our, our guest. And this time, it's a slightly unusual one, because um, we've actually spoken before. Have we not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and basically what I was alluding to with the technical issues is exactly that. Um, obviously, this week we've got the lovely John Hillman. John, would you like to say hello? Hey, how are you? Glad, I'm, I'm glad to be. I'm glad to be back and and completely understand. I've I've dealt with a very similar scenario not once but several times. So. Um, you are not alone. No, uh, I'll explain to the listeners what basically happened. So John and I spoke of uh, a number of months ago, and then um, obviously I do this all on um, a Mac at home, and unfortunately, um, my other half, in his infinite wisdom, decided to wipe the whole thing, and then we lost everything. So I don't even have any music in my iTunes anymore. Oh. Not that I really use because it's an awful program, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've had to, no, I've had to, I've had to um, face face that as well before, and um, you know, it's it's one of these um, conveniences that I also feel conflicted about. But I stream most anything I listen to now. I stream, um, and yes. and the reason that I do is that you know I had a massive collection. Um, well, you know, I had, I had vinyl, um, then I had a, a huge number of CDs, um, you know, all categorized nice and, you know, and then I had a huge digital collection and, and lost it all <laughs> several times. So, yeah, I mean, I remember many years ago, I, I actually sold all of my, pretty much all of my CDs apart from like rare ones or ones that you mm-hmm. know, have a, a, a connection with. Um, yeah, sold them all for a fortune. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now everything is digital. Even, excuse me, even our um, films now are on Plex. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're putting everything on online because it's just so much handier. And then obviously you get a lot more space at home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I still do ha- I still have um, some vinyl. Um, and yeah. I actually have some some tape, uh, like some quarter inch, like reel to reel tape. Um, I got a reel to reel to experiment with, and it came with a bunch of tapes. And of course, I was like, "Well, what's on these tapes?" So it turns out somebody, uh, oddly, they they took the vinyl of uh, Pink Floyd's "The Wall" and recorded it to tape. That's an interesting mm. sound. Um, and uh, then there were like a bunch of uh, sounded like field recordings of marching bands, um, which is also okay. I'm trying to picture how that how that worked. You know, like you went out with your reel to reel in the field. <laughs> so, yeah, we've come mm. a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah, 
I actually can't remember the last time. I mean, I collect um, VGM mm. vinyl um, because I've just recently ordered, um, I don't know whether you've seen it, you know, Okami? Yes. Um, they're, they're releasing this absolutely beautiful um, colored vinyl um, box set thing, and it's cost me nearly 100 pounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. But gorgeous. And it'll be here in October-ish. So nice. looking forward to that. Yeah, things like but that yeah. I I still collect and I hold on to mm. and there's some there's some like original pressings of some jazz records I love and that you know I'll yeah. I'll never let go of. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. So John, do you wanna give a little um you know, chat about yourself? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what have you done? Ah, um, well, you know, it's, it's funny you ask that question. And the first thing I could think of is, um, I'm a father. So, you know, I've got three kids and they're awesome. And I love being a dad. That's like my favorite part of life, um, at the moment. Um, you know, but, uh, I am a composer and sound designer and, um, you know, I, I went to school for it, um, uh, quite a while ago now. Um, but I got a composition degree, um, and, uh, did a bunch of computer music and like esoteric, uh, you know, yeah. uh, orchestral stuff and had a lot of fun in school. Um, and, uh, you know, when I left school, I decided I wanted to make game, game music. Um, and, uh, it took quite a while to get there. Um, I worked for an audio company uh, for a long time, which was awesome. Um, they make, you know, audio interfaces and speakers and do all kinds of... I think sometimes you'll find, and I know that I've seen this, it's polar opposites when it comes to VGM composition. You've either got someone who's took it kind of lucky and um, <clears throat> started off, you know, and they've... Like someone like, for example, David House, yes. you know, him and um, Mike Bithell, mm -hmm. you know, they, they met at the very beginning of both of their careers, really. Yeah. And now look at both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I, uh, I've, I've watched. Or on, oh, go ahead. Sorry, or in the polar opposite, you've got someone who's been composing for years and years and years, and then, you know, suddenly they find the game yes uh, yeah there's um it, you know kind of uh it takes all all types you know so like um there's some composers who thankfully have, have sort of been discovered or at least found a new audience through games um and then there are composers who uh you know their only audiences through games and um and then sometimes they can break through and sort of be a composer at large, you know, out and, and, and make music for music's sake. Um, and, you know, of course these days there's, there's uh, video game music concerts. Um, yep. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really wonderful. And, you know, honestly, when, when I, um, it's not like, you know, it was 50 years ago when I was in school or something, but, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's been long enough that when I left school, um, 
when I was, you know, done and wanted to go out in the world, it didn't really occur to me that, um, that there would be such a thing as a, a video game music concert. No doubt that no. no doubt they were already happening. They just weren't really happening in, in my little world. You know, I was in academia. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, <laughs> I was listening to Benaretsky and Zanakis and, you know, uh, Cage and Stravinsky and like, you know, just this sort of hardcore academic route. Um, I was playing games um, and thought, man, you know, uh, some of this music is really cool. You know, I played a lot of Halo in college and, you know, obviously anyone could sing the the main theme from Halo. And it was like, it started to dawn on me around the time I was done that like, man, I think, I think this is real music for one and, and two, it seems like could be a, a good career. Um, but there's a lot of work mm. to be done there. Um, yeah. And of course, both are, both are true even more so today. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I started kind of in that path. Um, it's, it's really funny because um, my partner is definitely not a gamer mm. whatsoever, uh, but will happily um, sit in the background while I'm, you know, playing some um, VGM on Spotify or whatever on the computer, um, and really quite seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> so, like the music side of it, does doesn't like the gaming side. Yeah, yeah, and um, gosh, I, I I think that's wonderful. Um, and I've I've met I've met a lot of people like that now. Um, you know, there's people who collect, like you were saying, they collect VGM vinyl, and like they'll never play the game. They're aware of the game, and, and it's interesting too. Some people are um, very much aware of uh, like the universe of a game. Um, so you know, if you think of Bioshock or um, uh, mm-hmm. Mass Effect, like I've met people that have never played the games but know about the characters, know the story arcs, um, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and and. I think that's incredibly interesting because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an indication to me. It's like, I mean, obviously I think video games are, are art, um, in, yeah. you know, the only meaning that the word can have. And, you know, those are indications to me that, that in, you know, it certainly is because it's being sort of parsed the same way as every other art form, you know, so, there's lots of people who have read the book but not seen the movie or seen the movie but not read the book yeah. or just heard about something. You know, they, they know about The Hobbit but never read the book, never watched the movies, mm-hmm. but they know the music. Like there's, you know, um, there's these enduring... I consume um, VGM but also ma- mainly actually film scores I yes. really enjoy. And I, mightn't, I probably haven't seen a good 70%, 80% of the stuff that I listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, these days I've, I've been much the same way. Um, you know, and if you, if you want to study this stuff, like watching the film is, uh, unless you're studying sort of that angle of it, it's, it's kind of a distraction from trying to, trying to think about the music and, and be impacted by the music. Um, I was just, um, I was listening to the score, uh, Terrence Blanchard's score for the Black Klansman 
um, and really digging it. And I thought to myself, like, I don't know if I want to see the movie. Um, cause I kind of just want to like sit on the score for a bit yeah. and, and almost take, take the movie in from, from that perspective, you know, totally, like yeah. what is the movie about? What are they trying to say? Um, um a lot of times, know. certainly with, um, both VGM and film scores, I tend not to look at the um, titles because yeah. they can, sometimes can ruin the plot. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a horrible, there's a horrible uh, trend for for whatever reason. There's like you know, the the titles of the tracks are sometimes you know it's like the yeah the, uh, the, the cliff notes, the sort of like <laughs> the summary of <laughs> here's how the whole thing progresses, and you know. Yeah. I mean, I, just before we were speaking today, I was making a playlist because I do that every so often and I put it yeah. out on um, Deutschtunes um, Twitter feed. Um, people can, you know, listen to them. And I just enjoy doing yeah. it. Uh, basically, it's, a lot of the time it's stuff that I've been playing or that's been on my mind a lot recently. Yeah. And I just got Detroit Become Human. Oh, yeah. Lazy Sunday. Yeah. Um, I've not actually played it yet because I, I actually could, I got God of War, finished that, swapped it with someone, and now I've got this to do. Um, but it's on my list. Hmm. Um, but again, you know, I was just looking for a particular track, um, Kara's theme, because I've heard it before and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And looking through the um, titles, I was like, yeah, need to not read those. So you just kind of focus out <laughs> look for that one word Kara and then you can look back in again. Yes. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. Um <clears throat> so John, tell me this. How do we know you? What would we know you the most for? Ah, yeah. Well, probably the only thing you would know me for um is the music uh, and sound for that dragon cancer. Um and um you know that was um it's one of these things that um, you know, I count myself very lucky to have been a part. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, it was just pure chance, basically, that um, I was able to, I mean, to have a role. Um, for those who don't know, um, that Dragon Cancer is a game that is out on iOS and android uh it's on pc uh, no yeah, consoles Steve. yet um and it's basically about the journey of a family whose young child has terminal cancer yes so so not <clears throat> subject matter yeah um so um gosh it's it's hard to remember the timeline now but um you know, it took us a long time to uh, complete the game, um, and mm. um, I mean, didn't they, they? They they began it while Joel was yeah aced. Yes, back. yeah. Joel yeah. Joel was still alive, um, and um, the, you know Ryan and Amy, Joel's uh, parents, uh, and also mm. the. Uh, driving force behind the game. Ryan is a developer. Uh, Amy's a writer. Um, they both did all their own VO. Um, it was, a, it was an incredible experience. Um, 
to work with them because, you know, there's a certain amount of, uh, bravery and, and, you know, I guess courage, um, and, and, and just like a, a, a fight, sort of a, a fierceness to how they chose to take this on. Um, it's really inspiring. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, if it was personal to me, I think I would have just collapsed into myself. Yeah. Whereas they created this thing that kind of has educated people and, you know, um, and your score for, and I know we've spoken about it before, I said it's, you know, it, it, and even now, you know, months after we've had our original conversation, um, I still listen to it on an almost daily basis because it's possibly one of the most beautiful ones I think I've heard in many, many years. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And one that sort of resonates with me particularly is Awake or Awake, my Joel. Right. That's, <clears throat> I think that's possibly the most beautiful one on the, the entire thing. Um, and sort of how did you come about the creative process for it? Because obviously it's slightly different from <clears throat> any other project, really. Yeah, the process, um, the process, well, finding a process was difficult. And in the end, um, the process ended up being one of uh, reduction and um, almost like a uh, a cleansing. Um, so, you know, when I started on the project, um, we had a certain vision for the game. Um, Joel was still alive. Um, and, you know, he had beaten every expectation for his lifespan. He was diagnosed um, when he was one. Um, and, um, you know, through many treatments and, and, you know, experimental trials and like just, just this unbelievable roller coaster, um, like sort of against all odds, he was still, still alive. Um, and you know, there's a certain amount of hope, um, that that inspires. And so, you know, the, the, the part of the game we were working on was very much, um, beautiful and hopeful, um, so I had all these sounds in my mind of, you know, how to capture the feeling of vitality, of life, of, you know, it very much not the things that the title might inspire. Um, yeah. And, um, and you know, typically no one wants to talk about these sorts of things because we're, we're facing down death, you know, to have, to have a terminal illness is you know, obviously... Um, uh, to, to face mm. down death. I, mean, I think it's difficult enough when it's, you know, obviously, say, family, friend, whoever, yeah. you know, it, it, that is a difficult conversation to have. But when it's a child and the child's so young, oh, that, yeah. you know, can't sit them down and explain it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's extremely difficult. Um, the So it's the part of the game that we sort of started with um, I was imagining these sort of lush, um, vital, energetic, you know, large, mm. large instrumentation, um, almost like, yeah, like, like, you know, a full choir, um, 60 mm. piece strings, like just, you know, just going all out. And I had no idea how I was yeah. going to, um, you know, 
make that work. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was a time of hope and, and just shooting for the moon. And, and all of us wanted to pour everything that we had into, into this. Um, so, you know, of course I come sort of with my composer toolkit, you know, full guns blazing. I can do this. I can write for this. And, um, I'm going to shoot. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to go all out. Like it's going to be, you know, I need a 200 piece orchestra and I need, you know, like just go, go insane. And, and, um, what ended up working early on, um, was, uh, I was experimenting with sort of these like splashes of sort of really just piano texture. Um, and discovered that, that felt really good. The sparseness of it, um, it was still, it was helpful. Um, mm. but it wasn't really energetic and it wasn't all those things that I thought, you know, was going to work in the, in the beginning. Um, so, you know, the, to, to encapsulate the process, it was basically one of discovering that less was more and that I really mm. had to, um, uh, sort of abandoned the the initial reaction of you know well I think it's going to be this and this and this and like you know like with any project you, you need to spend some time and and discover what it is and it's a journey and and you know you have to you have to really dig in um, try it and see what works and of course you know for Ryan and Amy um, I wanted them to love the music and feel like it represented what they wanted it to represent you know um so there was some i think that must be difficult for you sort of yes as a composer you've got pride in the work of course yeah and then you want to make them proud in a way and you want them to love what you're doing yeah Uh, um absolutely and and it's always difficult because things become precious so early in the process. It's like you play a melody and it's like, Oh, it's the best melody ever. And I'm going to share it with them and they're going to love it. And then they don't love it. And you're just crushed. And, um, you know, so it's, uh, but there was this sort of added layer of, of, um, this is going to sound all wrong, but, um, of, of really caring a lot like really caring deeply, like as a human, not even as a composer that like, mm-hmm. you know, I think what these, what these people are doing is, is amazing. Um, and I want it to be all that it can be, you know, I want it to serve what they're doing the best that it can. So there is sort of this added layer of, um, well, I'll say added, it was really a sort of a subtractive thing where I had to remove myself as much as possible, try to sit in, you know, sit with them and, and absorb what they were saying and and thinking about and feeling and spending time with Joel was, you know, a huge part of this as well. Um, so yeah, it ended up being a process of, of stripping back and realizing that, you know, in the end, um, there's piano, uh, violin and cello, and um a few uh vocalists um and you know some sort of uh you know bells and just little sort of toy instruments i've got um 
and that's about it. And that has completely changed from you know the sixty-piece orchestra, and you know it's very stripped down. Yeah, but when you actually listen to it, you can hear how personal it was. Mm. You know, um, and it must have been quite difficult to do as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, finding, finding, um, yeah, finding the music, finding the tune, you know, for, <laughs> we just had all these circumstances in the game where it was like, just sort of one after another of like, okay, um, you know, there's a scene, um, where, um, the doctor is informing them that, you know, Joel's diagnosis is terminal. Mm -hmm. um and there's sort of this you know meta thing going on where um the room is filling with rain it's a flood you end up in a boat uh with joel in a storm and they're yelling that you know joel's parents and the doctor and nurse are sort of having to yell over the storm and you know I, again my first my first instinct um was to you know sort of play that up and you know brass and drums and you know and in the end you know that was um i think like uh i think it was my moog so like a, a monophonic synth and mm -hmm. some piano like i'm not even sure there may not even be a complete triad in in that piece it's like very yeah. very stripped down um, long sustained notes and it's sort of the, you know, it needed to support what was happening. And it's like the heaviest thing imaginable as a parent. I'm just, you know, I can hardly go there in my mind, you know? Um, so, and yeah. It's funny you should say that because obviously with them going through that with Joel and you were, you are a parent, mm. you know? You must have kind of looked at your own kids and thought, gosh. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I still do. Mm. I still do. And, you know, we've heard from many, many people um, have, you know, going through similar things just through the game. And, um, you know, it's, it's like equally heartbreaking you know, every, every case that you hear about, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's people not even a mile from me that, you know, are going through the same thing. And it's like, everyone is, you know, certainly with cancer, everyone almost is touched by cancer now. And, um, they have a friend or a relative, um, or themselves. Um, so yeah, it's this thing where, um, I've had to really sit with uh, sort of the reality that, you know, any day um, my, my child might get sick and uh, there may be no hope of them getting better. Um, yeah. You know, and there's people all over the world for a lot of reasons dealing with that too. And it's just kind of facing yeah, mortality and, and the idea that um, – you know, life is fragile and health is fragile and, um, totally. just, you know, and trying to be grateful really is, is what it yeah, is. I, you know. 
when I've never even thought about it, but I'm thinking now, you know, I've got obviously I'm Irish, so I've got a lot of brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got like 16 nieces and nephews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all ranged between sort of two to 25. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, by the way, that is slightly showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they're all in perfect, you know, everybody's in perfect health. And it's never even meant it entered into my head about them being sick at any point, you know, um, until now, actually. It's strange that, isn't it? You just take it, it's almost like you just, it's the unspoken thing and you just take it for granted. Yes, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, and, and it's, um, I mean, you know, it's, it's not even, I don't mean to judge taking it for granted either, but, you know, because it's natural. I mean, it's just, is if you if you've been healthy and those around you have been healthy then you have no reason to assume it's going to be any different in the future um and we do mm-hmm. that about everything we we project the past mm-hmm. into the future you know tomorrow will be like today like yesterday and maybe it's going yeah. to be a little better and you know it's wonderful that that uh we're hopeful and and sort of looking forward to the future but you know, mm. we also um, invariably will face, you know, mm. a circumstance like that. And that that's why I think that, you know, what, what Ryan and Amy chose to do um, and ultimately what, you know, what I'm very proud of, I think we, we accomplished with that dragon cancer was talking about um, death, talking about facing that. And, you know, for them um, remaining hopeful, um, and remaining positive. Um, I mean, you know, I, I wish everyone could know them, but they're, they're, they're hilarious people. Um, they have, you know, a beautiful family with healthy children and like, you know, it's, it for people who play that dragon cancer and think about Joel and Ryan and Amy and stuff, they, they may not, you know, Joel's siblings are in the game. Um, but, you know, if you saw them today, they're, they're a beautiful, happy family, you know, loving yes. life. Um, in inverted commas, a normal family. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, who went through this, who went through this harrowing, totally, yeah. you know, not normal um, mm. thing that no one wants to talk about, right? It's like... It must be really difficult for uh, for Ryan and Amy as parents, not only kind of, you know, going through that with Joel, but having to kind of explain that to the other children. Oh, yeah. You know, and kind of be there for them as well, while trying to be there for Joel at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and each, each, um, each of their children, you know, being different ages, um, it meant different things to them. Um, yeah, and I'm sure, you know, just as individuals, they, they all, uh, sort of received this differently. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can't, uh, overstate how amazed I am that they, they went through that. I mean, and they continue to go through this, right. They, um, 
they've talked all over the world um, to many uh, types of organizations. So doctors, nurses, hospitals, students, game people, um, the broader media. I mean, the, the number of times they've had to, to relive what they went through, um, you know, and they, they continue to do it. And, um, I, I don't think talking to them about it and all that, I, I don't think it gets any easier. Um, and it's not any, any mm. less real. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I, I think that's amazing. And, and I sincerely hope that, um, if I'm ever faced, you know, with something along the same lines that I can emulate that to some degree. Um, and then more people can do so in the world because like the world is a more beautiful place for them having done this. Um, yeah, totally. And, you know, yeah, it must've been a really, uh, I mean, that's easy, but difficult decision for them to do at the time. Yeah. Um, and certainly left, you know, a legacy for them all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a beautiful memorial, uh, for Joel and and for that time for all of them. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it was quite a project to be involved with. Um, and you know, it still is, um, you know, it's, um, it's something I'll, I'll cherish. You know, that Dragon Cancer is out now. Obviously, it's out some time. Um, it's done. You know, what about now for you? Yeah. Um, so so uh, as a group, you know, the, the team, most of the team that made that Dragon Cancer um, has since made several other games. We did uh, mm. um, uh, several VR games. Um, and... Uh, now, actually, um, that it's been released, we can, I think, mention, um, without getting in any trouble, we can mention this other, um, we did a, a project called Galaxies of Hope that was, uh, it's on iOS, um, that uh, is a game that explores um, a particular type of uh, cancer. Um, uh, you know, we've we've been approached by a number of organizations to um, explore that space, um, to make interactive experiences either, you know, for patients, uh, for doctors, for family members of patients. Um, and, um, that's, that's, you know, one that has, um, been released. Um, so, you know, we did a couple of VR games. The VR game was, um, a totally whimsical, uh, funny, um, not serious at all fictional story. Um, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, and I have to admit, I absolutely love VR. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, that one's called untethered and it's on, uh, the daydream, oh, yes. daydream platform. Um, yeah. So that was, that was fun. And, you know, from a, from a, uh, music and sound design standpoint, we had, a, we had a lot of fun with that. Um, so I think do, Something you've just reminded me of something from earlier. Mm. You said that you are both a composer and a sound designer. Mm-hmm. Which would you, you would be first, or does one kind of have a dominance over the other? Um, yeah, I would say I'm a composer first um, because what I'm, 
you know, if I was just left to my own devices, I would be assembling music. Um, but, but sound design heavily influences, um, that direction. So, you know, I, Mm. I, I listen, um, deeply to, you know, if I'm paying attention, which, you know, I've got three kids and, you know, but when, when I'm paying attention, um, (laughs) I'm listening to the world around me in that way, you know, that interesting sounds, interesting patterns. Um, you know, I'm the kind of guy that is recording like the towel dispenser in a bathroom (laughs) or how often I see this with friends. Oh uh, yeah. Recording everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Whoa, what was that? And then I'll do it again. And it's like, Oh man, that's so cool. And it's like, I don't know (laughs) when or if I'll ever use these sounds, but you know, like the dishwasher is making a weird sound or, you know, whatever. Um, so, so I end up, um, that's just how I hear the, hear the world. So I do think of myself kind of as a, a sound designer in that sense. Mm. Um, and then, if, you know, I've done many, many implementations in games of, you know, environmental diegetic sounds and VO and all this stuff too. So. Mm. And so is there any kind of soundtracks at the moment that are really kind of, you know, picking your ear up at the moment? Um, man, there, there's been, there's been a lot this year, mm, um, lot. musically. Yeah. Um, gosh, like, uh, I, I honestly, I wouldn't know where to begin. Uh-huh. Um, let me think, let me think if I can think of like <laughs> the one right now. Um, one that I've kind of been listening to, um, has been, uh, Jason Gray. Or the Moss on PSVR. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jason's super, super nice. Oh, he's. I you know I've I I believe, I believe I've met Jason. Um, but I certainly don't. I certainly don't know him. But he's one of these guys that like everyone loves him. Yeah, super well respected, and he's just like a total badass. Like. Austin is the same way. Austin Winery, um, you know, I, I think we've talked about Austin and Jessica Curry, and I mean, the the uh, the game industry in particular is just full of like ridiculous talent, yes. and to a person, they're all great people. Like I've yet to meet anyone who's who I wouldn't want to just hang out with and grab a beer with. You know, like that's awesome. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I've been playing. I was gonna say I've been playing uh, No Man's Sky uh, with my kids, and um, the the way that the music has been implemented uh, and the sound yeah. really um, in that game is has really kind of bent my ear. Um, made me think about. I mean, they're obviously they're they're thinking about really long form mm. uh, procedural content that you know. It's um, mind blowing. Yeah, I could we could go on about it, but the, the the team the team behind that is is awesome and one of the most innovative uh, forces. And mm-hmm. then you know, sixty five days of static as a band is 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 really cool, and it's awesome that Sean Murray and and team. But I think it's mostly Sean was just like, you know what, I yeah. love this band, 
and that's the music in the game. <laughs> that's fantastic because you know the the music that we love um, can serve games, and it doesn't have to be um, formulaic. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, I'm making this like Space Odyssey game, so it's got to be you know, got to have two hundred strings on it, and it's got to be yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be you know what we all think of as that kind of score. Um, I love that you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah, um, that, and then, you know, gosh, there's been a bunch of film scores. Um, pretty much everything that Johnny Greenwood does. I'm just, you know, it's funny because I don't, I don't really see those films. Mm. Like we were talking about earlier, I I don't watch them, but the the scores are great. And it's like, you know, um, they're all really different. Um, I love those scores. Um, I'd mentioned Terrence Blanchard earlier. Um, dude's a genius. Um, and I had some, some contact, sort of vicarious contact, uh, through a teacher in Louisiana. Um, you know, Terrence is from New Orleans. Um, and uh, one of my teachers, uh, we were doing some arrangements of his music for like a, I think it was a re-recording of some of the stuff. And I had my hands on some of the original scores and like, the guy is just um, a total genius. Um, everyone should should check out his stuff. Um, yeah, there's been so much. Um, I've, I've heard the um, main theme for the new Assassin's Creed, and that's been done by um, the Flight, and they're really nice guys. Really, really. Nice. Oh yeah, that's going to be amazing. I mean, cool. The la- the last one it's completely sucked me in because I love that kind of period. You know, the yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, the pyramids and. It's just amazing. And what I think is fantastic about that at the moment, and I'd love to see this kind of in other games as well, uh, you know, permitting, um, is that you can you can play it, but you're learning because it's teaching you about the history and all the stuff that, you know, that you see. You know, I think that's fantastic. So you're not actually playing the game, you know, in inverted commas. You're playing, you know, to learn stuff around that period and i just think that's fantastic yeah yeah we're at we're at a really sophisticated point in the the evolution of like what games can be um you know so yeah assassin's creed is very interesting for that reason because it's like uh great gameplay Mm. sort of sucks you in but like you can't help but learn some history and um have a sense of uh like historical timescale yeah. and how periods relate to other periods and, you know, why, why are they periods to begin with? <laughs> you know, like the, the sort of bookends of historical time. And yeah, it's, that's, that's a really cool, uh, a really cool place to be. Um, but yeah, this, this year has been crazy. And like, you know, honestly, I, I listen to a lot of things. Um, I've been listening a lot to, Connie West, um, Kitsy Ghosts, uh, Kid Cuddy and Connie did a record together, and it's super innovative and just like I've never actually listened to um, it. It's um, you know, it's the kind of thing that you're you're either gonna gonna like it or not. Um, but you know, from a from a music standpoint, just from how sounds are put together and the 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 process of sampling um it's a really innovative record and 
he did, he put out like five records mm-hmm. in a 30 day period um a few months ago and and um you know for better or worse he's a genius at what he does um so yeah i've been listening to that um i went back into um uh the uh dark knight yes um because it, it came up on netflix and i was like oh yeah i remember that movie that's one of the best scores ever mm. like and you know people love to hate on Hans zimmer um for whatever reason um i think that's that score is brilliant like i think Hans zimmer is synonymous with amazing scores um yeah yeah talent and i think i can hear different composers you, you know their sound almost um I and mean, then he definitely has his own sound same with- well he's he's got a sound and um a lot of people have tried to emulate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's done fairly well for himself i think Yes, yes, he has. Um, but yeah, I, I love that score. There's there's a few moments in that score that um, that are just brilliant. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Um, and then you know, for me musically, I've I've been getting into some. Um, I got a new synth recently that is a really strange thing called the Lyra. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a lot of fun because it's. Um, it's not easily controlled. Um, so, um, it's almost like a sound design kind of instrument, you know? Um, but it's a new toy. So yeah, <laughs> it's a new toy. It's a new toy and, you know, new source of inspiration, all that. So, Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for being on the show this week. Um, and thank you again for being so understanding about our technical issues that we've had. So, Oh, of course. That happen. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but yeah, but thank you. So um, that's us, folks, for this week. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, as usual, in episode 48. So it's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from him. Thanks. Thanks.